Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is a Lip Media Podcast. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we are recording. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and the Aboriginal elders of other communities who may be listening today. Welcome to The Gaze of Revolting, your definitive weekly news source for contemporary gays. We put the G in LGBTQIA+, and we're here to help you be the best G you can be. Subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Gays Revolting, although you might have a bit of a hard time following <laughs> yeah, us on Instagram because we've been blacklisted because no. homophobic people <laughs> have taken our Instagram down for because some reason. we posted a picture of Mikey's butt. His what? beautiful, <laughs> beautiful butt. His beautiful butt in the bathtub. Or, and Insta- someone, someone complained about it. Or people not- might think we're just homophobic because we're called Gays Revolting. That's true as well. Like, no. Too soon to Mikey's butt no. yeah. for it to I be mean, anything Mikey, else. Why you got to fuck this I'm up? Sorry, <laughs> but like my Instagram hasn't been pulled down and it's on mine. So. Like your Instagram pulled up. <laughs> I feel like it might be our rival podcast, like share oh. and retweet. Oh. <laughs> Reporting. Shade of it all. And so it's another week and I'm here with our regular hosts. Oh, here we go. And first up we have Kyle. Oh, why me? The human equivalent of when you put all of your skill points into attractiveness and nothing else. Oh. An RPG. <laughs> <laughs> You're like a Mass Effect character I want to fuck, but oh, not play. Mass Effect is my favorite game ever. <laughs> Next up we have the queen that's so bad at reading us she might as well be illiterate. <laughs> it's Mikey! <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. And then last but not least, we have the comedy equivalent of always the bridesmaid, but never the bride. <laughs> Thomas Jaspers. <laughs> Fuck you. But also, I don't know if you know this, but oh, I so literally glad. had a comedy festival show called Always the Bridesmaid really? four years ago. Oh there we go. But yeah, no, that. fuck you for knowing all my problems and insecurities. Yeah. And then there's me, the nice one, Luke. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Said nobody ever. So nice. All Hi, right. Everybody. How's our week's been? Good. Yeah, fantastic. Haven't found any needles in any strawberries, so oh it's all pretty exciting. But <laughs> our beautiful Thomas has baked for us this week. I have. We all have some very nicely coloured lemon meringue. In front That's of right. Us. Well, we're going to be talking about um, Bisexuality Visibility Day, which happened last yes. Sunday. So I thought I'd bake a little lemon meringue pie, and I thought I'd colour it in the colours of the bisexual flag. And I'm glad that this is a podcast where you can't see <laughs> what things look like, because As I feel like I would have caused a lot of offence to the bisexual community had they have seen <laughs> the way that I was trying to support them. It bisexual tastes delicious, though, so... It's a rustic lemon meringue yeah. pie. Mm. Bisexuality is a really interesting space within the LGBTQIA plus community, and... I feel like they have experienced a bit of a rough ride. You know, I actually found it really interesting that Bi Visibility Day originated in South Africa. Really? Yeah. Ah. You're welcome. <laughs> that was on me. That's cool. But it's something we've been really close to. There's a lot of stuff going on there. 
Bisexuality has always kind of fascinated me. I've dated a mm -hmm. couple of bisexual people. Oh, yeah, we mentioned before, I remember. Yeah, and it was probably the strangest relationship I've ever been in because it was open, polyamorous, with a bisexual man. It was hard to process because nothing made sense yeah. to me in that relationship, and they were also quite attractive. That's, that's the you. weirdest part for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How did that happen? Wow. Attractive. But I'd be completely honest, I did have to check myself a few times because I grew up in a day and age before, you know, some more political correct movements had started, before online Twitter and, and being able to interact with people that identified as that. The first few relationships I did have with bisexual people, I have to admit in my head, I was like, you were just gay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. You were gay and you were dating me. Mm -hmm. And bisexuality is some sort of safety blanket term for, you know, your own insecurities. Mm -hmm. And after wading into that pool a few times, I realized that that is actually not the case. It is a legitimate mm -hmm. orientation yeah. and sexuality. Yeah. Absolutely. And these people left me for women. <laughs> yeah. You know, almost yeah. every single time. But it made me realize that bioerasure is a real thing. Yeah, no, totally. Nobody ever thinks it's a real thing. They think it's just like an excuse or like a mm. cheap way of saying I'm mm. gay, but like yeah. they're too cowardly to say it. And I found it interesting that it was so insidious in that it wasn't a sort of prejudice that had been instilled in me mm -hmm. through any sort of propaganda. You don't really see anti-bisexual propaganda yeah. out there. No, yeah. It was kind of something innate from my own insecurities as a gay man that fostered itself mm. into bi-erasure in my adult years that I really had to check and really had to investigate and learn a bit more about and ultimately apologize for on mm. this show. You're right. It is interesting how many people don't believe that bisexuality is a real thing. And what's really mm. disappointing about it is the amount of queer people, especially gay men, mm. who are happy to brush it off as like, oh, darling, you're not quite 100%. ready yet yeah. to, to yeah. be fully gay. Yeah. Personally, my, to my experience of discovering my sexuality as a gay man, especially when I was a kid, Luke as well, went mm. in the black and white days. The black and white days. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> we didn't get to see many gay people on television. Like, that wasn't really really yeah, something no. that you saw very often. And if they were, they were often the sidekick or whatever. So we just assumed that we were straight. I was in a straight school. Everybody yeah. I knew was straight. Everything I saw on television was straight. Everything was straight. So before becoming sexually aware and sexually active, I just assumed that I was straight. Yeah. When I did start becoming sexually active, it was initially with women because that's what I always planned that mm -hmm. I was going to do one day. And then eventually I realized I was attracted to men and started sleeping with men as well. And there was a period of time where I believed that I was bisexual. And I don't know, maybe I was for that period of time mm. and then eventually realised that I was gay and a lot of people when I did believe that I was bisexual were, were having a go at me and saying well no you're just gay and that sort of thing yeah. and it yeah. turned out that they were correct now what I think it is is that a lot of gay men go through that and then go well that was my experience so it must mm. be everyone else's experience so anyone else mm. that's currently identified exactly. as bisexual yeah. is struggling to come to terms with them being homosexual and it's actually not the case mm. and it's really disappointing to see people in our community judging other people in our community yeah. for their sexual because it's so widespread as a thing is like a lot of us have had that experience mm. and it, within yeah, the LGBT I don't feel like I, I feel like the LGBTI community is a lot worse at it than the heterosexual community is like heterosexual people accept that bisexuality exists and is real and yeah. mm. a valid thing and, and I feel like a lot of queer people don't I didn't for a very long time like when I was coming out I was just like you know what 
I'm bisexual. That's what it is. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, that's totally. And then, like, I, I think I sort of used it as, like, a test the waters mm. sort of situation. Mm. And then when that went fine, it was just like, I'm comfortable in this. Like, let's explore further and realize that I was gay. A little bit so later. So gay. Yeah. Very gay. <laughs> gay as hell. <laughs> and in my teen years, I dated a bisexual guy. It was super, super lovely. Mm. That ended and he ended up leaving me for a woman. But I was 100% sure that, like, no. Like, you're gay. That's what it is. Yeah. Because, like, that was my experience. Like, I can't say that his experience is the same as mine whatsoever. No, and you would hope that people like us that have had other people's experiences and perspectives forced upon Mm. us for so long would be able to acknowledge when that's happening to somebody else, but yeah. we don't. People assume that bisexual people are just attracted to everybody. Mm. Yeah. And it's it's like the same thing. And like us gay people judge them for it as well. Mm. Like people assume that gay people are like, oh, you must just love uh, all men. Yeah. Yeah. So a bit like gay people will judge bisexual people for the same thing. Yeah. Be like, yeah. oh, you must be attracted to everybody. Yeah. Also, when I was on like dating apps, do you guys feel that people would say that they were bisexual? <laughs> that's a really um, good point. Because actually, they yeah. think that maybe that comes off as more masculine yeah. and more yeah. attractive to yeah. people. So like, oh, bi guy here because then that's not fully committing to being gay like i, I think I, there's a yeah, lot of people I, who faked it that is yeah i know people that have done that yeah yeah, yeah that is a thing that mm-hmm. happens which which then you know it plays mm-hmm. into the yeah. issues that so, we're talking yeah, it's about. like it's all mixed up no it, but i also feel like it, it cheapens isn't the right word but also it muddies uh, the waters it muddies the waters and yeah. stuff and for people who are bisexual on those apps are now gonna mm-hmm. start having people doubt them because there's other people pretending to be because yeah. of this shitty toxic masculinity yeah. thing totally. that we have going on that we're pretending that we all are more masked than yeah. we are. Yeah, but- I remember when I was first coming to terms with sexuality and like MySpace and stuff, mm-hmm. and I remember you could identify on MySpace what your sexuality was, and I remember for like a week I put by and I was like just seeing what happened mm-hmm. and yeah, like the reaction. Would, you could search people that way, and then I think I went back to like just not having anything mm-hmm. appear, yeah. but um, it was kind of like a way for a lot of gay people to like ease into it, but cause a lot it of problems, I guess. It is important to point out though yeah. that at the time you're not, or at least for You're me, not like 100% a sure of if you're people, sexuality. You, you are, yeah. you, you are genuinely believing that that's yes, where you are and, and yeah. then later on you realize that oh like, no that was me just realizing yeah, where like I, there's yeah. Hope. I think the key thing is something i've even taken away from being on this show and the people listening to the show as well is that your experience as a gay man or not even just gay but a part of the lgbtqia plus community is mm. so exclusive to you and you alone because oftentimes for the start of our journey we're walking that pathway mm. By ourselves yeah. and it means that it doesn't necessarily equate to every other person tom and i disagree on things mikey and i disagree on things carl and i certainly do and the show for me at least has been a real awakening of the how i feel about my experience is not yeah. the be all end all yeah. of yeah. gay experience but, and yeah. i think that's what's happening with our tiptoes into bisexuality mm-hmm. then leading into our life as homosexual men obviously we have all come to the realization that there is such a thing as bisexuality Mm. but as a broader community maybe that's something that needs to be promoted more and and a message that's spoken a bit louder absolutely considering that bisexual people and pansexual people are the biggest group in our community compared to gays and lesbians yeah Yeah, totally like it's all focused on Mm. the other stuff and they're they're the least represented in our entire community except for subplots in nature where the characters try to be 
gay for a few weeks. <laughs> it's a phase. <laughs> and it's cool that now, because like we had Joel Creasy on the show talking about yes. dating shows and stuff, that like Courtney Act has oh, yeah, brought yeah. forward oh. a dating show about bisexual and pan people and everybody under the umbrella of bisexuality. Yeah. I don't care for Courtney. Leave <laughs> <laughs> <You've been> Courtney alone. <laughs> well, no, I think it's, it's really cool that they're bringing it yeah. forward. Like, that's yeah. pretty progressive. Yeah. <laughs> like making it it's more fantastic. visible for everybody yeah. else and really educating everybody awesome. on what so bisexuality is. The worst Tinder experience I ever had was with a bisexual man. Yeah. Oh, then just cancel everything we've said. <laughs> yes. Okay. Fuck bisexual Fuck bisexual people. Fuck bisexual people. Fuck bisexual no, literally, day. fuck them. Luke had a bad experience with a bisexual Cancel person. them all. Tell us, uh, Luke. Oh, that's for been cancelled. It's okay. For me personally, <laughs> because of my oodles and oodles of personal anxiety and self-confidence issues, I matched with someone on Tinder. We hit it off like immediately because this person was studying psychology, also like live streamed Pokemon. I was like, this is a dream match. And so obviously I went and Facebook stalked this person like any sane person. Yeah, absolutely. And all I could see was engagement photos and photos of him with this woman. And they were very recent. It was within oh. like a few months of me matching on Tinder. He had been engaged to this woman. And I don't think I brought it up in conversation, but I definitely mm. controlled the conversation to lead it yeah, right. to oh. that point. He told me that he was bisexual yeah. mm-hmm. and that he was exploring that oh. side of his sexuality, which was all for because it lowers the standards of my performance yeah. emotionally, <laughs> romantically. Wait, so, so did his like fiance know that he was exploring this? Side? They were no longer together. Oh. So we would text up a storm Mm -hmm. Hours a day Just talk about our thoughts about psychology And the different aspects of that I think he came to my work once Mm -hmm. We never actually even had A single official date (laughs) Because it was after about two months The longest play I've ever done On any sort of dating app He messaged me and said Look I I just don't think this is actually for me I'm gonna just delete the app And and go about my way Yeah so that did actually colour my feelings. <laughs> but then I dated two other bisexual yeah. people post that. You've had yeah. a lot of experiences with bisexual people. A lot of my friends yeah. are bisexual too yeah. and identify as bisexual. Oh, and yeah. Well, if you keep drilling, you're bound to hit oil. Oh. <laughs> Thomas is classic famous for as many people as Luke has. <laughs> Oh my gosh. My absolute favorite TV show <laughs> yes. of all damn time Shut, came back yeah. last year. <laughs> oh my god! You have no idea how oh. excited I was. Yay! <laughs> Will and Grace. Yes! Oh, oh I'm goodness. so happy you said that. Oh, I love the show so much. So, like, my yeah. first year of doing hairdressing as an apprentice mm-hmm. for my birthday, the salon that I worked at knew yeah. how much I loved the show. That they bought the entire box <gasps> set oh. for my birthday, no. and I cried in the middle of the salon, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my god, it's you so guys! Good. Like, so good!" And so when they made the revival I was just like let's do this and when I watched it I thought it was super political yes and I was just like what is going on like what's happening didn't it start like, off because they had a political snippet vote Hillary or something yeah. and then that got such yeah. good press yeah. and everything so, and then they made like they, yeah. they're like oh people want this people want yeah. this yeah. back and yeah then, totally yeah, they and the, <laughs> like the producers were just like yeah sure let's do this and they got all the original cast all the original like backstage people all the original producers everybody came back to do it so was so Except exciting. Mm. They killed Rosario. <laughs> oh my god, this oh, episode was oh, heartbreaking. Oh, Sorry, I just Rosario. had to like not all 
Blake Rosario is the main. Shut up, Blake. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe I gay culture. Oh. I didn't say yeah. anything. But no, like when it came back, I, I thought it was it. just like, wow, this is like super political. What's yes. going on? Like, I love that they're taking on all these mm-hmm. like really great topics that's happening in America at the moment. Like what's happening with Trump and yeah, like yeah. they went into gay conversion therapy and <gasps> yes. stuff. But like, it's really heavy topics that you're talking about. I guess about. it's a sitcom for 2018. That's yeah. it. And like, I decided to go back and watch Old Will and Grace in my first, mm. second, third season. Because I watched it after the show had finished. Like, I oh, wasn't okay. watching it at the time because I was too young. Because like, you were 12, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> it. I realised what they were doing on the show then was actually really political mm. for its time. Yeah, absolutely, yes. yeah. Rewatching, I think it's season two, when Jack and Will kiss on daytime TV. <gasps> yeah. And realising that's the first gay kiss that you see in the entire series. Mm. That's a statement in itself for when it came out. And so then rewatching the new season again, I was just like, yeah, it's, it's just as political as always. Yeah. I, I'm not a fan of the show, mm-hmm. but something that always bothered me about the show was that there was not a gay kiss until the final episode or oh, like the mid-season yeah. of the second yeah. season. And I'm not sure if my memory's hazy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to need my black and white. No pun intended. <laughs> Sean Hayes being one of the uh, oh, main actors. Professional. <laughs> um Yeah, you'll have to corroborate or deny, but Mm. I remember we've talked about it in, I think, our first episode, watching Queer as Folk at the same time as Will and Grace Mm. and just not having any interest in Will and Grace because... Maybe I was watching it for another reason or... Well, yeah. I mean, there's I no stuff called porn in Will and Grace. No, like no, no, was no. In. I think it's sort of apples and oranges, though, Doll. Like, I think what was amazing about Will and Grace was that was primetime television That's that it, was yeah. on, that started just after The Nanny, that sort of mm-hmm. that yeah. time slot like of show. Wow. So yeah. it was kind of amazing cool. that it was a dinnertime sitcom for the family to sit down and watch that was about gay men. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, you do watch old episodes now and there are some episodes that are quite mm-hmm. problematic. Oh, absolutely. When yeah. you're looking at it from 2018 although I will say it holds up better than most shows from the late 90s early 90s I used to watch it when it was actually on TV with my family like it wasn't even a thing like maybe I was too young to realise what the themes of the show and everything Mm. maybe I didn't even know what gay people were at the time but I just remember just being a really funny show that I liked it holds up for me completely there's not a day it goes by yeah I mean what I I mean by it um, there is some problematic elements to it it was a very white show oh yeah Yeah. but I guess at the time it was like if you went to a producer and said, hey, I want to make a show and it's going to have gay people yes, and people yeah. of like colour. At that time, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it would yeah. not have been made. It so so we sort of got to look at it. And it's what I call the John Inman conundrum. He's probably ah. got a real name, but um, okay. <laughs> that's what I call it. Uh-huh. Have you ever seen Are You Being Served, the old British sitcom? Yeah. I know the, the name, shop. but I don't know. Yeah, so it. it was in a shop. It was British. And there was a very camp gay character on the show mm, called yeah. Mr. Humphreys and it was played by I think a, I've heard you talk about John it before, yeah. I find it quite fascinating how people look back at him portraying that character on that show at that time especially people in the queer community because a lot of people say that sort of character was just pushing stereotypes mm, and that sort of thing yeah. I had a lot of other people and, and I agree with the other people say well no no we needed to have that character on television first yeah. so yeah. then we could you know the next character could come mm. along and be a little bit more developed and more real yeah. and more real and more real and that sort totally. of thing so it's sort of the, the path that was taken I yeah. guess and when 
and Grace, the, the original yeah. series, is part of that. The Absolutely. new series, I think, is it's very diverse. Yeah, like it's, that's it's, the thing in its casting. Yeah, like, it shows different. But also types. the topics. It's well, the topic. About. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the it. original Will and Grace. People are now slamming. You know, there's a whole lot of articles recently about yeah. it not uh, addressing the HIV epidemic. Which yeah. for Even me, it's like, though? well, that, that was a, like, a dinner time sitcom. You know, the yeah, nanny wasn't yeah. looking at breast cancer. It's a comedy sitcom. Yeah, it was a comedy sitcom. Like, why would they bring it to? Yeah, it was made for the masses. It was. Yeah, and also it's sitcoms don't dwell on yeah. the worst part of That's stuff. It. That's what why there are shows like Queer as, yeah. Queer as Folk yeah. and that sort of thing. You know? mm. It was non-sexual introduction of gay men yeah. into mainstream yes. media. Yeah. Whereas like everything with gay people is sexualized. And yes. like it was even Will's character is very asexual for the first oh, totally. couple seasons. Like doesn't have a relationship, has a lot of internalized homophobia. That reflects on to Jack as well because he's a very flamboyant, like yeah. and that's where their sort of banter comes from. They're the two main stereotypes they push forward first. Mm. And now in their new series, Will is yeah. a lot more comfortable in his own sexuality. Mm. Jack is more accepted as a more flamboyant gay person, but then they also have all different types of gay people yeah. in the cast now, which is fantastic. Yeah. I feel to an extent they're trying to course correct with some hindsight yeah. things that queer people of our age mm. would appreciate in a sitcom. I know I'm a picky person and, and if it's not pushing my buttons mm. or I can't yeah. jerk off to it, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to watch it. <laughs> um, he ironically has to have his buttons pushed yeah, yeah, to, wow. Wow. Yeah. to be able to jerk to off. To I saw that one coming. <laughs> um, but I think my big thing is I hate that neutering of a gay man. Uh, but do you, you know, you look at any sitcom from that era, I mean, even yeah. now, like no one's fucking on the Big Bang Theory you know I wish they would maybe I'd watch <laughs> oh, it and I'm not look I don't, I'm not obsessed with Will and Grace please I, I, I yeah. don't love I it know. as much as Mikey does but I think that the show did a wonderful thing by bringing gay people to yeah, that format it's like exposure and yeah, and yeah. Yeah, you um, still can't jack off to it. You can't jack off. <laughs> you can't jack off to it. Oh, no, I, no that's not true. I, I, I would jack off to Megan Mullally. I was going to say, oh, Karen. Eight is. days out of seven. Yeah, yes, absolutely. I she's love so her. Yeah. She's I also favorite. love that she's married to Nick Offerman. They are the coolest couple ever. So I follow them cool. on Instagram, like, avidly. They like, Ron Swanson yeah. and fucking Karen, the yeah. best. Yeah, they tour together and they sing together. They're the coolest couple. Love them so much. It's funny we talk about Karen because Karen is one of the characters I actually did love. Like in that show yeah, because of course. it was a broadly painted caricature mm-hmm. that didn't personally affect me yeah. as an individual. No. Like it wasn't representing me because just as an aside, like growing up in school, the amount of like just Jack jokes I got and, and things yeah. like that, it, it in my mindset mm-hmm. perpetrated a negative thing mm-hmm. towards me and within the community about campness, which is a whole nother topic. Yeah. Karen, I adore as a character and the way she's written and played mm. and- What's her name? Megan. Megan Mullally. I can never... Yeah. It, it's got too many L's and N's <laughs> next to each <laughs> yeah. other. Yeah. But her character is on Parks and Records. Yeah. 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 Tammy 2, I think. Tammy, Tammy 2, two Tammy is, is yeah. great. Yeah. And it, it it's played with such reckless abandon mm-hmm. and such obnoxious incoherence that I realise that I'm being hypocritical when I overlook the racially insensitive jokes that Karen makes mm. while getting huffed and puffed about the jokes made at the expense of more flamboyant members of our yeah. community. Yeah, right. 
by Will. So I, I don't know what that is. I don't know how you feel about that, Mike. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. It never really affected me, I think, negatively. Like, I knew that what she was saying was fucked up. But, like, mm-hmm. it's not just like she's portrayed to be an amazing good person. Like, they all pay her out. They're like, she's yeah. the bad lady who's, yeah, like, racist yeah. and everything. And they're like, don't tolerate it. Yeah, totally. Like, she's that character. It's more laughing at her being a shit person than the jokes actually being told. Yeah. Just because the way that she presents them mm. is in such a hilarious comedic way that that's not someone that I would ever resonate with. Yeah, you're laughing at rich, white, spoiled housewives who think this stuff because the jokes aren't actually funny in in their racist context. They're funny in that Oh, that there are shit people like this yeah, in the world. Yeah, yeah. yeah isn't absolutely. it like in the newer season? She's like a big Trump supporter, and she always talks That's about right, like yeah, being yeah. friends with Melania Trump, and everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like I feel like the whole audience of Will and Grace are not going to be Trump supporters. No, no, so no, it's not yeah. like she's portrayed That's as it. this big hero. A good or person, like, and they call yeah. her out on the show. Yeah, yeah, and they call her out constantly. Yeah. But it, yeah. it's like comedy. It's like funny. Yeah. My workplace involves a lot of looking at wedding photos. Mm. I you was- would at a wedding photo editing. <laughs> yes. Well, it's not, it's, not, it's not specifically wedding editing. Oh, it's, right. It's a bit just like Mostly 99% yeah. of it is weddings. Mm-hmm. But today I was going through a gay wedding from New York. Oh. They had children and it was really cute. And then they got us all talking at work. There's another um, gay guy at my work and we we're talking about gay people having children. For me, I've never wanted kids ever. Yeah. Which is good because you'd be really awful. Yeah, I, I think I would be. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd nailed the dad jokes, but I can barely, <laughs> I can barely look after myself. And yeah. the thought of like looking after someone else, like holy and shit! And if you can't love yourself, how, how the hell, hell are you going to love anybody else? <laughs> like, um, we're talking about how hard it is gay people having to adopt and everything yeah. like that. Certain people just have babies by accident. They're just like there's oh, like too many like people just Instagram. like. <laughs> sorry, your miracle baby friend on Instagram. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. She accidentally had a baby. So we were. Yeah, sorry. You know those people that you just are very dramatic and you keep them on your social media just because yeah. their life drama. is constant entertainment. <laughs> well, there's a girl I went to school with back in South Africa and she had a baby and she didn't a even phantom know she, baby. She didn't even yeah. know she was pregnant. I love those stories. It's I my was like, favorite. how? How did you yeah, know? Sorry, that was like a, a side story. But I'm well. like, how did you not know? Yeah, no, and she always thing. refers to her as her miracle baby. Yeah. <laughs> we'll like, tag yep. her in the comments. Oh, please don't. Not a miracle, darling. Did she name it miracle? No, no, no. That'd be funny. Can you imagine? Um, we were discussing in an earlier episode how gay people have to get used to this idea of being able to get married mm. and like I'm open to the idea of maybe my mind changing one day and maybe I'll, all of a sudden I'll decide I really want kids don't know why yeah. Yeah. I guess there's pressure from parents because like, with me my brother and I were both gay you're the only two yeah. children so we have different dads yeah. but then my dad would always make side comments and jokes be like oh I guess the Dow bloodline ends with you mm. I was like oh yeah. cool no pressure That's again fine. probably a good thing you know I probably good <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not been a good run no. up till now. Um, and then I was thinking about how funny it is that gay people love to get dogs and like worship them as their children. Yeah. yeah. And how funny that is. You always see these like really muscled up guys and they have these like tiny little like dash hounds or something. <laughs> yeah. And they're like oh, obsessed you're, with you're them. And they push me. them. No, it's funny. Then today I forgot when I was <laughs> when I was drinking with you before we came here. I was like, oh shit, you have a dash hound. <laughs> I do have a dash hound. And I'm very really gay, stereotypical. Yeah. Thank God this is but, a um, podcast. And not God. A- do, you guys, do you guys think that gay guys' dogs are totally a substitute for children and they're like uh, 
I in think some, some cases. cases. Yeah. In some yeah. cases. Yeah. Also, straight committed. people have dogs as well. Yeah. 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 <laughs> exclusively. It's like a warm. I think it's a warm up. I think like a warm up. Yeah. I think in a lot of yeah, for a lot of people, it's a warm up to having kids. It is interesting though the whole family thing. Growing up, I was adamant that I was going to have kids. Oh really? After I'd come out, I was certain I was going to find a man, get married be happy, have kids, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. I still would really like to find a soulmate. I would like to have a wedding. But I have, in the last couple of years, sort of started realising maybe I don't need to have a baby. Yeah. And I think it's because so yeah. my, my brother and his partner had their first child on my 30th birthday. That's right. I named selfish. Him, named no. him. That's like, <laughs> wait a second. I was like, where the fuck are they? And mum was like, oh, they're at the hospital, but they didn't want to tell you because they didn't want you to miss your party. Oh. Um, and he's named after me also. I just want to mention that. And, and watching the changes that they've had to go through in their life to have yeah. a child, to look yeah. after a human being. But they planned the baby and everything. Yeah. So, you know, it wasn't like it was a huge surprise, but there's still huge changes in your life that you have yeah. to go through to have so a child. I now look at that and go, you know what? I don't know that I would be good at that. Yeah. And I also don't need it. And and also because I've got this nephew now that I can dote over and hang out yeah. with and I'm give back to his parents. That. And you um, have a dash hound. And I have a dash hound. And when I say changes, I, I mean things like, you know, he and his partner were both, and still are very, very social people, but it now means they can't go out yeah. much yeah. at all. There's a lot more restrictions. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Financially, it's obviously a mm-hmm. huge burden. Yeah. And also just the constant fear. I mean, I do, we joked about it, but I have a dash hound. I am yeah. constantly thinking, <laughs> have I fed him? Yeah. Has he been walked yeah. today? If I'm going to go out, you know, yeah. I've got to make sure a housemate's home, home too. I mean, imagine yeah. he could talk and had hands. Yeah, I know. Like, I had, <laughs> fuck. I actually had that dream the other day. Well, that sounds like a terrifying but, um, creature. Imagine that being a human being. Like, yeah. that, that like, is a oh that's God. their lives now for at yeah. least 18, like, 20 that years. That kind of yeah. pressure that you are influencing this human being and, like, yeah. you know, that is so scary. I admire my brother and his partner yeah. so much because they are mm. so committed and mm. they are so happy to that's make great. their lives about this beautiful child now and they're not annoyed like when I say they're making their lives about it they're not posting yeah. constantly on Instagram or Facebook or <laughs> yeah. doing those fucking like oh he did his first solid shit oh <laughs> so cute <laughs> no, they're not those pieces of shit kind of people yeah. but Ugh. they do have to now dedicate their lives to it and they want to make sure they, they do the best job that they can and I look at that and I think well you know I've got a very social life mm-hmm. I have a career that means mm-hmm. that I'm out at night mm-hmm. doing shows and things like that I would have to say goodbye yeah. to a lot of that if yeah. I was to have a child mm-hmm. so I'm not saying that I definitely don't want one anymore but I would have to be in a yeah. relationship with the yeah. absolute the right, right person, person. Yeah. who really wanted to do it and we would I would yeah. want to make sure that we were financially ready to well, do it and that sort of that's thing that's another thing yeah being financially stable yeah. enough there are a lot of people that bring children being. into the world yeah. yeah the thing that terrifies me most about bringing children into the world is not just that they have hands and they can talk <laughs> hands are terrifying but also that eventually they're going to grow up and vote and, <laughs> okay. and have some impact oh, and, and yeah. their values and what mm-hmm. they bring into the world uh, essentially from that formative yeah. stage come from you That's and my it. values are fucked you can <laughs> fuck up so easily they're fucked so for ages growing up mm. I, I always kind of thought you know when it comes to having gay babies and gay families I'm going to leave that to the lesbians because yeah. they know what they're doing. They are very good at and, it. And yeah. that's, the, you know, they can <laughs> yeah. do that. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm also very interested in science and technology. Mm. So for me, the idea of like, I'd probably be ready to have a child mm. when technology is caught up to the point where it can be some like sort of- Like both of your DNA kind of thing? Like make a sim, you know, yeah. when you yeah. play the sims and you get oh, to pick the eye craft shape a and craft yeah. a baby. That's creepy. Yeah. Like, when genetic, it's like, <laughs> gen- like genetic engineering. Like I've already read articles about that when people like- you can choose what DNA and stuff will go into your kid. 
Yeah, totally. That's mm. when I'd be more on board. Well, the DNA oh, that's going into yeah. the kid is whatever you DNA you're leaving <laughs> <Yeah>. behind. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> until until that point, I'm I'm not super invested in the oh. idea. And a friend did point out that all the like handpicked child names mm. that I had, mm. they were more dog names. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And missile. And that's how my dash hound yeah. Albert got his name. Yeah. <laughs> more gay people need to have children, so there's not so many fucking stupid names out there. Yeah. Like. Oh, I don't- Oh, no, actually, no. wait. We're going to have a lot There might of, be more stupid names. Know. We're going to have, like, you remember like, like when we were kids? Like Baby Gaga. Yeah. When we were kids and we were at primary school, yeah. I was like, oh, Jessica A and Jessica D. Oh, and we're going to have, like, yeah. Bet A and <laughs> Bet T and oh, Liza Bet M. And C. Wow. <laughs> we're going to have entire classes of children named after queens from RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, oh my God. God. Yeah, <laughs> Alaska. <laughs> Jinx is on the tension in the corner. <laughs> Yeah, Troy Sivan uh, wow. is staying back after school. Ariana Grande is here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. So I, I'm, I'm happy to put a pin in it for the time being. Yeah. It's nice to have the option. It's mm. not compulsory. Yeah. None yeah, of us have to have children. Now. A conversation I've had with a lot of partners when we do talk about potential family things is, like, what part of you were you passing on? Like, mm-hmm. you know... I what think was all the bad parts? We've all probably had those late-night conversations where you go, I definitely have, you know, Mikey's eyes and his eyebrows. I mean, who would you? And but keep my <laughs> hair and you pick and choose parts because yeah. I think there is a narcissistic streak inherently in having Hotel. children. Yeah. In that we want to pass on something that we admire and yeah. take pride in ourselves and see that continue on. So we have all had like, those conversations, although when you say it, I feel it's more like Silence of the Lambs when you're saying, <laughs> Yeah, it's more I like a little eyebrows. Because <laughs> I'm literally going to take <laughs> like, do, do you think Beyonce's really upset that her kid looks exactly like Jay-Z. <laughs> I have uh, no idea. I don't know. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. I was actually just talking yeah. about... Are you talking about Blue Ivy? Yeah. yeah. Does she look like Jay-Z? Yeah. yeah totally. I have no idea. She doesn't look like Beyonce. <laughs> yeah. Shaded a baby. Uh, <laughs> we hit a new Shady low. Baby. Yep. No, growing up, my thing was like, I want the white picket fence and I want the baby and I want the relationship oh. and the like the pets and stuff. And that was all great. And then realizing that I'm a homo set that in place for me to be like, I don't think this is an option for me mm. at this point in time. And I don't know if it's ever going to be an option for me in society where it was at the time. I completely put that on the back shelf and I was just like, nah, not something for me. Don't want to do it. And I'm from a big family. I'm one of eight kids. I've seen half my siblings have children at young ages as well and seen the struggles that they went through being teen to young adult parents yeah and seeing how much they had to put aside to like have their children which they were more than happy to and Mm. like that was their choice to do so in saying that watching them not be able to be social and not be able to continue their careers or not be able to finish schooling because a lot of the cases unfortunately they were accident children a whoopsie baby yeah a whoopsie baby (laughs) but like that doesn't mean that they don't love them 100% and that we all don't embrace them as our family like they're amazing amazing children i wouldn't change a thing for me personally i was just like Mm-mm, not for, not you, girl. for me <laughs> not happening <laughs> not I, today, enjoy, I enjoy being a gunkle it's fantastic mm. i hang out with them and i give them back and then when the yes vote came through something in my mind switched mm. 
Like, the option's there now. Yeah. Like, I can get married. Like, I always thought it'd be fantastic to have my own children, like, blood-related, have my own DNA within them. But then I thought about all the other children in the world that don't have families. Yeah. And the amount of kids that I went to school with that were in the foster care system, I would rather adopt at this point. And now that I'm in a quite serious relationship with my partner it's my first adult relationship we've spoken about it like having children and getting married and stuff and what we want for our future and we've decided that fingers crossed absolute fingers crossed that we get to that point that we will 100% adopt Mm. oh that's beautiful and like that's the path that we want to take going forward Mm. may that be five years from now 10 or 15 years Mm. who knows we also both decided that we need to get a pet first (laughs) Smart, Dasha, smart, Dasha. Um, just interestingly, Kyle and Mikey, yeah. you both have mentioned that, you know, now that marriage equality has passed, it's mm-hmm. easy to have a family. Nothing, as far as I'm aware, oh, has yeah. legally changed no. to make it easier for us That's to true. get a baby in Australia. And I'm not ha- I'm not having no, a go yeah, or anything, yeah. but it is an interesting thing because mentally we now think, I, I yeah. think it too, yeah. Um, yeah, now that I can true. get married, I can have families, gay couples Mm -hmm. could adopt in Australia prior Mm -hmm. to marriage equality being um, legalised. And as far as I'm aware, nothing has changed to make it easier for married couples to adopt post. But isn't it interesting how the that's, Our mentality yeah. about it has changed since the marriage equality vote. Yeah. I mm. often look at straight people yeah. having babies and I think, do you really want- Is that what you wanted? Yeah. I feel like, like they've got this reverse kind of mm-hmm. sexuality uh, yeah. assumptions being made about them in that they often, I feel like, have babies because that's what they're supposed to do. You know, yeah. you, you, you yeah. go to school, you get a good job, you find mm-hmm. a good person, you have a baby- and yeah. that's your responsibility yeah, to totally. do. I'm glad we don't have that responsibility. And that and that's why the right wing want us to believe that gay people shouldn't adopt because the kids yeah. are disadvantaged. Pretty much every study that's ever been done shows that children of gay people yeah. advance at or, everything, yeah, everything because they have had to plan so hard and work so hard to get yeah. that child that they put everything they possibly can into yeah. that child. Whereas a lot of, not obviously not all, but like a lot of heterosexual people either have them by accident or because they feel yeah. they have to have a baby. But whilst the four of us aren't really down at the IVF clinic, it is kind of <laughs> beautiful to see. I am, but for different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, clean it up. <laughs> oh, I hope you're making deposits. Oh, my goodness. Um, you know, it is it is really beautiful to see uh, rainbow families happening. I mean, rainbow families a, mm. as a phrase was something that we'd never heard of 20 mm. years ago. And you go to Midsummer now, which is the Gay Pride Festival in Melbourne, and uh, on Carnival Day they have like a little kindergarten creche area set up. For the, yeah, it is beautiful. It's actually how my ex and I met. We were both yeah. like hanging out, playing with these lesbians' kids, and we met and got t- chatting. It was very romantic. But how amazing that we have that. There's also um, an Instagram, one of my favourite Instagrams, The Real Dads of Melbourne. Do you guys what? follow that? Oh. No. Beautiful couple, I would say slightly older than Luke and I, with their son who's adopted from overseas and beautiful, beautiful family. And there is just so much love for him. And you can just see in every single video and and photo and and stuff that they post, their lives just are made by having their son. Highly recommend following them if any listeners want to. The underscore real underscore dads underscore of underscore Melbourne on Instagram. (laughs) They've got like 100,000 followers doing very well. The lesbian babies I know were incredible. 
people mm. yeah. and, and the rainbow families uh, uh, in our community Thornbury has a lot of family orientated LGBT mm. people mm. and it's great to be able to see that and I can see they're doing it so well and it's true those babies do statistically do better mm. in most areas yeah. than heterosexual babies I'm just going to make that broad stroke right <laughs> but it's true like yeah. the, the, yeah. you know I'll post studies in the group to prove it, you know. Yeah, if but if you want I, to check my references. Why don't the lesbians and gays team up? That's what yeah. I want to know. They could yeah. make babies together oh without God. all the hoo-ha. I like, think that's get a turkey baster and you're good. You sound like everybody <laughs> I work with. <laughs> so if we had like a Sims DNA yeah. mixer, if mm. you had to take DNA from the four of us to oh, make a oh oh baby, oh fun okay, what uh, would you take from each? Can class? I go? What first? Would you take? Oh, Tom first. Okay, I would take Kyle's. Outer shell. <laughs> I would take go, everything go, go, on go, the go, outside go, go. of. I would have Kyle's looks. <laughs> I'd have Mikey's heart Aww. and soul. I would have my smarts, Aww. and I would have Luke deliver the baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what? yes! All right! Wow! Wow! Oh, goodness! If I were to have a boy, I would. Take Luke's moustache because it is <gasps> fantastic. It is a very nice. Like mustache. it's just nice Thank and you. full and like. It, Although it would be I a little want. bit weird if Mine's your baby not... came out with a full mustache. <laughs> 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 a mustache, your question? Yeah, it is. No, I'd have Thomas's eyes because oh. they're beautiful. And... Stop it! And I'd have Kyle's <laughs> lovely awkwardness because it's oh, super cute. And I'm then, not awkward. You're awkward. <laughs> <laughs> and just my personality. Just me. Uh, yeah, yeah. Smart. <laughs> you know what you've got. I would have Mikey's amazing voice. Oh, it, oh know, that's a good call. Yeah, oh. fuck you. That's mine. You yeah. <laughs> I would have Luke's really good hair. You've got a great hair. Thank you. Uh, I'd have Thomas's wit. Oh. Mm. And Did my... he say wait? Does he want... <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, I have been. I have been working. <laughs> and I would have. I'd have my surname. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about you, to, Luke? I don't have to do it because I asked a question. Oh, That's how you, you have to games do it. Work. <laughs> what a cop out. I would take Kyle's eyes. I think. Aww. I would definitely take a lot from Mikey. Mm. <laughs> definitely his oh. dick. We all saw that. I know it's weird to think about your child's dick, but... No, Luke, yeah. Luke's already taken Mikey's dick. And this dick. might be a good evidence as to why we don't need to have children, yeah. but um, Mikey has such a oh, lovely thank dick. thank you. Yeah. We all saw it a few yeah, episodes Luke, ago. Luke's already taken yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'd have Tom's hair. Oh, thank nice. you. Uh, well, enjoy it while you can, because yeah. it's going to yeah. go pretty soon. Maybe that's what I like about it, it's like a fleeting you know I'm moment. <laughs> One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I want to talk to you guys about a topic that we haven't actually touched on. I'm kind of surprised we haven't touched on it on the show, and I haven't actually talked to any of you about this oh. off the show either. So mm-hmm. I'm really keen to hear your thoughts on this topic, and it is chemsex. Yeah. Um, also known in Australia, it's both known as chemsex and PNP. In the yeah. states, it's PNP, and in the UK, it's oh. chemsex. I always thought PNP was like piss and play. No, no, party and play. Ah, you're thinking, you know. Oh, I always well, thought it was no puff and play. <laughs> oh, puff and play. Okay, it's also yeah. puff and play. Puff. But, but right. party and play sort of includes things mm-hmm. that you don't <laughs> Okay, yeah. 
One thing I'd like to say before we talk about this is um, for anyone that's listening that is engaged in chemsex or uses any of the drugs that we're talking about, when I talk about disdain for chemsex, it is nothing to do with the individual. I don't hate you. I don't think you're a bad person. There is nothing different between you and me except that you tried something Mm -hmm. that you got addicted to that I haven't tried. So, if anything, you're a stronger person than I am Mm -hmm. if if you are someone that that Mm -hmm. lives through that. So, please don't think when I talk about my disdain for that scene, I'm talking about you it's it's the addiction and the mm. things that you go through that i don't like also for anyone listening that's not aware of what chem sex or party and play is it is in the context mm-hmm. of the way that we're talking about it it, yeah. it is um gay men using drugs to feel yeah. hornier yeah. to go for longer to get certain feelings out of it which we'll talk about mm. and generally speaking it's using drugs like g crystal meth mm-hmm. and heroin are mm-hmm. probably the the main wow. ones that are used yeah. for yeah. party and play so, I'm, I don't know. Uh, do you, uh, yeah. any of you engage in the scene? No, it's not something that I think that I'll ever delve into because one of my family members in the past has had an issue with okay. methamphetamines. Mm to the point where he was quite physically violent with a few of us and we thankfully have family that took him in in Tasmania and helped him rehabilitate but that was sort of the defining moment for me that I was just like this sort of stuff isn't for me like I've seen it at that really horrific level in my personal life that I'm just like it's not something that I want to go into Mm. ever he was 15 yeah like and it was introduced by a friend And the last time I had seen him before he went away, he attacked me Mm. and like I was on the ground and he was just screaming faggot in my face. And it was the hardest thing for me Mm. being like my youngest brother is doing this, like like, what's going on? And then it was probably a year later into his rehabilitation that I saw him again and I was terrified. I was just like, I don't know what's going to happen. So I'd gone to Tasmania to see him and one of my other siblings was there as well. And I got out of the car and all I saw was him piss bolt at me. And I shit myself and I was just like, oh my God, it's going to happen again. And he hugged me. And started crying profusely, mm. saying, I'm so sorry for everything mm. that, like, I put you through and, like, with, like, the whole family. And I never, ever want to do that to any of you again. Like, that was horrible. And that's what my experience with those sort of drugs has mm. been. And it's just, like, it's not something that I want to go into mm. in my sexual life or, like, social life. I come at those drugs from mm. a similar perspective. It's mm. something that I purposely have made a conscious decision to try to do my best to avoid because I have seen people, strong people, partake in it. And, you know, the gay scene is about partying and drinking a lot and doing coke and doing ecstasy and MDMA and speed and ketamine and that sort of stuff. So, I can't blame anybody that wants to try something else that's outside of those things because, you know, he was 15 years old. You know, you would just think, oh, that's just another thing I can try. But unfortunately, these things can become very addictive. And because of the way that they make you feel when you're Mm. having sex, it's a hard thing to give up. The reason I want to talk about it is I've got a a very good friend of mine who's only in his mid-20s who for the last five years, he has been trying to get out of the chemsex scene. And so we've had every, say on average, probably every five months or so, he'll pull himself out of it and we'll 
plan weekends so that he has something to do and, you know, we'll go out to a bar where we know that none of his friends from the scene will be or we'll sit on the couch and watch movies and that sort of thing and then we'll make plans for the next weekend and mm-hmm. then his phone will be lost or okay, he wasn't able yeah. to reply and, and you know, he's back on it that weekend and then I won't be able to really get in touch with him properly. It'll be a couple of Facebook messages here and yeah. there for a few weeks or a month or so. And as soon as he's off it, he hates himself for doing it. Mm-hmm. He wishes that he hadn't done it. He'll tell me the most awful stories. He's told me some fucking heartbreaking stories. This guy's yeah. 25 years old. In preparation for this, I spoke to him about it and was like, you know, we've talked about chemsex a lot when you're going through the withdrawal and stuff. Mm-hmm. But whilst you're, because he's currently off it, I was like, can I ask you some just really full on blunt questions? And he said, yeah. yeah. I said, what are some of the scariest things that have ever happened to you? And he said, mm. he's got memories of going to clubs, going back to guys' places, taking a whole lot of G and smoking mm. ice. And his next conscious thought, he's at a different house from where he was, has no idea who's been fucking him. And this is pre prep days as oh, well. So had no idea of his HIV status. Mm. And he said, when he wakes up from that euphoria, he feels like he's a sack of shit. So we'll have more to get rid of that feeling of, I don't know who's fucked me. I don't know who's done what to me. But there's got to be a reason that people keep going back to it, I think. Working in the mental health sector and being in an LGBT community, we have a lot of clients that have dealt with this. and, And it's a really important conversation to be having now because although there are heterosexual couples that partake in chemsex. It is kind of a uniquely LGBT problem. So it's a conversation we need to be having with each other Mm. and with our community. And it's a problem that we need to really understand and figure out some positive approaches to because it affects us and it's our community that's dealing with it. I can completely understand. And, you know, my brother has had a lot of issues with methamphetamines and ice. I know I'm quite lucky that I missed the boat with being offered those kind of drugs because when you mix something like being ostracized from Mm. your community, a lot of self-loathing, anxiety and depression, and a lot of the mental health issues that members of our community experience and struggle with, and then offer them drugs... And, and some really ecstatic drugs mm. as well. It's a perfect storm. Mm. And then tie it in with sex, one of the most prominent parts of yeah. our culture. As gay men, we enjoy sex and we celebrate sex and, and we often seek out sex with each other. So when I see it, I can, I can see how it's just this perfect storm mm. of, of a community that's so fragile internally and emotionally and these drugs that are so strong and Mm. then you're tying it with something that is so fundamental to our lifestyle Mm. that it's a really important conversation to have. And and you are totally right. The way a lot of people that are on the scene or have been in the scene describe the high as is this intense feeling of of love and yeah, um, yeah. romance and passion mm. whilst you're in that really amazing high whilst mm. you're fucking it is this like I am so into this person and it's probably yeah. someone that you've no idea what their name yeah, is yeah. but it is this incredible feeling that's sort of this little shortcut mm. to happiness mm-hmm. and and I highly recommend everyone watch the Chemsex mm-hmm. documentary it's a British documentary where, where do you find it like- stream it I don't care if you're illegally <laughs> down 
download it. It is worth watching. Um, It probably is. I'm not sure. I know it was on SBS, but I don't think Mm -hmm. it is anymore. But it's called Chemsex. It's a British documentary. And I was amazed the access that people gave them to their lives. And there's footage of at these parties and things. And a lot of the people in the documentary and a lot of my friends that are part of this scene um, talk about the people that do it are people that have loneliness or Mm -hmm. don't have strong connections or have had struggles in their lives and Mm -hmm. things like that. And I think that's why this shortcut to immediate happiness is so appealing or to yeah. a, this feeling of romance and love and in passion. Yeah. And, and my friend and a lot of other people say that they can't now have sexual experiences without yeah. being on these drugs. Yeah. Like, it's just not, it doesn't work. It's not sexy. It's not exciting for them anymore. So, yeah. we're lucky that we don't miss out on that. Yeah. And that is what I find really heartbreaking yeah. about that. Yeah. yeah. And those feelings of loneliness and the wanting to bypass or have a shortcut to euphoria and not particularly unique feelings within our community and a, a mm. The thing about this conversation and a lot of viewpoints about chemsex and puff and play in P&P is the judgment that we really need to tone it down a notch because it's something that literally any member of our community is susceptible to because we all have had struggles with our mental health and insecurities and those drugs Mm. are so fucking strong and they're so easily obtainable that it's really easy to see a PNP account on Grindr and scoff Mm. or Mm. to see some member of the community spiral out and cast a judgment but the difference between it happening to them or to you could purely be circumstantial absolutely yeah. it started because they were just at a party and got offered something and then yeah. were like well that was fun I'm going to do that again and, yeah. Yeah. and the other really interesting thing that I that they talked about in the documentary that I hadn't really considered before was the names that the gay community gives to things oh. so they, they were talking about like oh you're having a little bit of Tina we're having Tina. a little Tina party you're getting oh, on the glass yeah, barbecue you know yeah, oh we're yeah. having Je- Arnie Gina over today you know yeah, yeah. and it's because if I said to you do you want to come over to my house for four days we're going to have 80 guys over from yeah. Grinder. we're going to use four week old needles uh, and I'm yeah. paraphrasing what this man said yeah. on, the, on the documentary but yeah we yeah. do we make it sound a lot prettier because no one's going to do that if, if, if you said it in the real oh, no. in the real way but That's if you it. say oh we're going to have a little poo and poo yeah. you know yeah, it okay. sounds way more light hearted we're going to have a, yeah. a, a girly weekend I don't have a lot of experience with PMP or it's also called Wired I feel like wired. is that yeah. another term wired, for it because yeah. I remember seeing that on dating apps and stuff mm. I remember a couple years back before I lived in Melbourne I was visiting here for like a long weekend or something or like went out partying and ended up going home with a guy and during our time together <laughs> <laughs> He was constantly taking something mm. and I didn't really know what it was at the time. He was just so dependent on it. I remember being annoyed and then I remember going to sleep afterwards, like I stayed over and he just kept getting up and going to do it. Yeah. And then he was all jittery in bed and just like twitching. Was he like, drinking while you were with? Uh, I can't remember. It was like- It kept, sounds like G, but- Yeah, I think, it, yeah, I found, la- found out later on that it was liquid G. I had no yeah, idea right, what that yeah. was or how bad it was. But yeah, he was just constantly doing this drug. I'm like, do you really need this to sleep? Mm. Like, just go to bed. And I, I think I left because I was like, okay, this is just like, I can't sleep. You're just like twitching next to me. Mm. Like, what are you even doing? And I just couldn't understand it. And I remember just that always stuck with me and I found that very scary. Yeah. That someone could be so dependent on it, even like- The psychosis thing is a really yeah. big thing, which is that twitchy sort of thing and is something that correlates quite heavily to continue drug use and, and staying up for yeah. days on end and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. 
But like I said earlier, there's got to be something that balances it out because people love doing it, yeah. even though they're aware of how much they hate all of the side yeah. effects that are happening. When I was asking my friend questions about it for this podcast, um, I said to him, do you wish you'd never tried it? I, it sort of threw him off quite a bit. And he, oh, almost okay. was, like, he was actually quite emotional about oh, it. Yeah. And he was like, I've never really thought about that question. It's really hard to answer because I fucking hate that I do it now. Yeah. I hate every time I have a relapse and go back into it and disappear for a few weeks. But the euphoria that I feel when I do it mm-hmm. is so incredible that- I can't imagine a life not knowing that feeling okay. that I have when I do it. And then after we talked about that for a while and eventually said, look, I'd have to go with my head and say, yeah, I, sh- I wish that I'd never done it. But my heart says, no, I'm glad I did. Um, and just before we wrap up, if anyone listening is battling with the chemsex scene or addiction and would like help, if you are in Melbourne, um, there is a place called the Northside Clinic. And I've had a few friends that have gone there mm-hmm. to deal with this sort of thing. Unfortunately, I don't know a lot of other places in other cities, but perhaps if you know of places in other cities, you could share them in the group for people that might need assistance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good idea. But yeah, definitely share information. Yeah, and, yeah. and there are resources out there, mm. especially if... You may not be the person afflicted or partaking in chem sex, but maybe you know someone that is. And it'll just give you a better understanding of the struggle that they're going through. Yeah. Or the situation that they're in, rather. So, we can start battling the stigma towards chem sex because it's a very realistic thing. It's Mm. an understandable thing and it's happening to many, many... Wonderful people, yeah. In and I guess also the other the other thing that I would hope is just try not to be too judgmental if yeah, anyone you it. know is going through it, and try and keep an open mind with that. Well, that's us for tonight. Thank you for listening, everybody. The yeah. entire lemon meringue. <laughs> oh yeah, we've just been scoffing no, this lemon delicious. meringue the whole episode. <laughs> Gonna be bouncing off the yeah. walls. Hey guys, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. And we just got over a hundred ratings wow. on Thanks. Apple Podcasts. Woo! <laughs> Gold stars. Yes. Oh, no, don't. <laughs> don't do that. And please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and eventually Instagram when again. Instagram. <laughs> uh, our handle is at Gaze Revolting. Share messages. We've got yes. a Facebook group as well, which is a great little community. Yeah, we love your messages. And thank you for a very open and honest discussion tonight, boys. It's been lovely. Yeah. Mm. That's been lovely. Especially the Will and Grace stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Your favorite. That was deep. <laughs> Sharing I is courage. I love you all, and I'm so glad. I don't have to see you for another week. Bye. 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 (laughs) Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.